Uh, so guys, um, we're gonna we're gonna go through here today in Revelation chapter nine, uh, judgment, uh, trumpet judgment number five, and this one is by far the most intense so far that we've gone through. Uh, and God warns us of that. As we heard in the last part, you guys talked about it with the woes, and that God warns the people that if you don't repent, these next judgments are going to be the most severe you've ever seen. Uh, so this starts one out of three of these most severe kind of judgments. So the first one <clears throat> is going to be, I call it locusts in the bottomless pit. And you're going to see there's both of those involved here in judgment number five. Um, it's important to note, though, that if you guys remember the warning before time, God was urging people to repent and turn to him. This judgment is, is actually inflicted upon those that are not honoring God, those that are not sealed, so it's sealed by him. And the seal of, of God is kind of speculative of what does that mean? It basically just means that the Christians that are out there, it's not something on, their, on people's foreheads that people literally can see. It's not like you have a mark on your forehead, but it's just like God knows who's sealed and who's not, and the angels in heaven would also know that. So it's like a spiritual mark. So if you're not sealed by God at this point, if you're not, if you haven't repented of your sins and given your life to God, now the judgment is going to come particularly on you. So it's kind of interesting because, again, God warns them of this and urges them to repent before this happens. So in, in hindsight, this is going to sound terrible, but the things that are happening, God didn't want people to go through this. He wanted them to repent and turn back to him. He wanted to spare them from this. But because they still chose not to give their lives to him, this is what we are now going to experience. So let me read off the first part here in Revelation. And we're going to take it kind of piece by piece here. And I'll do the best I can to explain what's going on. All right. So, got to the Revelation. Okay. It starts in verse 1. Then the fifth angel sounded. And I saw a star falling from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit. And smoke arose out of the pit, like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Now, catch this carefully. Then out of the smoke, locusts came upon the earth. And to them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth, or any green thing, or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. And in those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die, and death will flee from them. So this is the first part. It sounds pretty awful. Um, <clears throat> important thing to note here. The star that falls from heaven is not a literal star. If you guys... Recognize there that second verse that says him. Um, so it's a person. So this is where the imagery part of Revelation kind of mixes in with the literal part. So the star that has fallen is a fallen angel. Now there's a lot of speculation about who is this fallen angel. A lot of people believe this is Satan, um, a representation of him. Um, other people believe it's just another kind of angel that revolted against God back in the day. So but the important thing to know is that the stars, they fall an angel. The locusts that are going to come out of this pit are demonic beings. <clears throat> As you guys will dive into this part here in Revelation, you're going to see that these locusts are not 
ones you see on earth today. The things they do, the way they act, the way they respond, the way they look, it's not little locusts. They look like locusts, and they somewhat resemble them in the way they act, but they're demonic beings in the sense, that, in, the, in the biggest part. So, two things I want you guys to take note of here. Where is this bottomless pit? Now, this is what's highly debated upon upon history. So, obviously, this fallen angel could be Satan, could be somebody else, opens up his bottomless pit, and his bottomless pit, fire comes from it. You know, it resembles hell in a sense, but it's not exactly hell, but it resembles hell, um, and, it, and it unleashes all these demonic creatures. So, where is this today? Where is this bottomless pit? There's all kinds of speculations about that. It could just be some kind of spiritual realm, you know, kind of like heaven is outside of earth. It could be something that is actually somehow in the earth somewhere, or maybe it's formed in the earth during this time. Again, no one really knows exactly where it's at, um, but it makes sense that it would be at least somewhat in the earth because when they come out of the bottomless pit, they come up to the earth. So it would be like somebody that's in the earth coming up. Um, so whether it's below the earth or in the earth, uh, these demonic beings come up. What I, I did some research on this, and it's interesting because um, humans cannot actually dive down into the middle of the earth. It's way too hot for that to happen. Um, and, and humans have actually tried and, and, and speculated, and the most they've ever dug into the earth is not even past the crust. So they have to go miles and miles and miles further, and they speculated about building machines and stuff that could do this, and they believed either they could somehow build machines that could dig that deep, the machines would burn it up before they even got close to that deep. So it's impossible, really, for humans to ever get to the center of the earth, so we really don't know what's there. So whether this is there or whether they build this during this time like God puts us in during the tribulation period or whether it's outside the earth completely, the important thing to note is that these demonic beings are being held in this spot called this bottomless pit, and they're going to come up during this time. All right, so I want you guys to also think about this. It says, during this time, they will torment those that are not Christians for three months. Think about how long that would be. And if they're stinging you like scorpions, they have tails like scorpions, and they're stinging you constantly, you know, they're probably biting you, whatever it may look like. Uh, I'm not sure they bite, but I know they for sure sting. I want you guys to think about how painful that would be. And if your life's already a terrible wreck, you know, your food source has been cut down other other uh, trumpet judgments, you know, earth is in total chaos, and now you're getting stung by these scorpion things, day in and day in, day out, you're going to feel like your life is, is, is pointless. Like, it's just it's better to die than to be here on earth. And so it says that men are going to desire to die, but yet God will not let them die during that time. Why do you all think that is? Why do you think that God will not desire, will not let people die during these three months of the scorpion stinging them and having this torment? Because it's No, that was good. You're on the right track. Yeah. That would be a punishment, and that would be just escape from punishment. Yeah, true. So two, those two things are good. Yeah. And then it would be like worse. Even. Yeah. So yeah, Victoria. I was gonna say also because if they die and they don't don't like they don't start with Jesus, then they wouldn't go to Jesus anyway. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, those those are great. So yeah, kind of two things there is one, you know, dying is basically an escape from this punishment, and that would kind of go against God's judgment. But then in, in, in the second thing, which is the most important one you guys have talked about a little bit, is that 
this is to bring the lost to repentance. Think about this. If you're not a Christian during this time, and you basically have no earthly hope right now, everything you've tried material-wise doesn't work, the scorpions still come back, you've realized all these disasters are happening, natural things that are happening, that, um, supernatural things as well, that you know there's obviously a God out there, and all the things you put your faith in are not helping you, they're not working during this time, you're going to be in a place of so much brokenness that you're going to realize that God is the only way out of this. God is the only one that can stop this pain. God's the only one that can take away these judgments. God's the only one that can restore you. And so this sounds like a horrible punishment, which it is, but it's also a way to show God's love because he wants people to realize that there is no hope outside of him. And sometimes he has to break people down to their absolute lowest point in life where they've tried everything else, put their faith in everyone and everything else but God and realize that only God can bring them out of this and only God is the answer. And so all of these judgments are to point people back to repentance. And if they give their life back to Jesus, then when they ultimately die, they don't have to endure that punishment for eternity. They can be in human paradise. Does that make sense, you guys? So you see the side here, again, like I said, during Revelation, you see God is the judge all throughout. But you still see his love constantly poured out, even in the midst of his highest judgments. And that's pretty cool to see. All right, so this is also important to know. This is the first judgment that God inflicts physical pain upon people. The other judgment took away things that would cause pain and, and, and cause a heartache and, and death. But this is the first one that God inflicts these demons to actually cause physical harm on people. Yeah, you like that. Um, all right, so let me read on verse 7. Now, I want you guys to think about how these locusts look, okay? Keep this in mind. It's going to go over how the locusts look. And John is describing this because John sees his vision, you know, in Revelation. And these things are so unlike anything he's ever seen in his life. He is trying to describe those, how these locusts look. So he uses things like they look kind of like this or kind of like this. But he can't even really describe what they look like because they're so crazy looking and so much outside of anything in the earthly realm. And again, these are demonic beings, so it makes sense that they're pretty, pretty rigid looking characters. So this is what John describes in his life. The shape of the locusts was like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold, and their faces were like faces of men. They had hair like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots um, with many horses running into battle. They had tails like scorpions, and their stings in their tails. Their power was to hurt men for five months. Oh, I'm sorry, I said three. It's five months. And they had as a king over them the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek he has the name Apollyon. One woe is past. Behold, still two more woes are coming after these things. Um, so if any of you guys... Can kind of picture what that locust would look like. Would anybody raise their hand and say, Yeah, I want to be on earth during that time? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that'd be absolutely terrible. And what's important to notice, like, he said they have men like face like faces of men, or fa faces like faces of men, they have hair like women's hair. It's not like a person necessarily. Um, again, he's describing what it is kind of like this. And if you think about a demonic person, 
if these are demons, maybe they're fallen angels, or maybe they're somehow people that have died in the past, and they um, were not Christians, they're, they're living in this bottomless pit, they may resemble a human, but they're so distorted and so, and so uh, corroded that they are just an unrecognizable kind of force. So, again, kind of what you see in horror movies, really not too far off from this. Uh, pretty, 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 pretty accurate. All right, so uh, important things to note here. I want you guys to really think about this. God restricts the demons here. If you guys realize the locusts come out, but they can only torment people. They can't kill anybody. And then after this five months is over, uh, from my knowledge, they still don't kill anybody. They just go back into the pit. So God has power over these demons. He restricts their punishment even over the laws. Now I want you guys to think about that for a minute here. That these demons that are following Satan, or they, and they, don't, they don't love God, they don't follow God, they still realize that with, they can only do these things if God allows them to do it. They, only, they can only inflict pain if God gives them the permission to do so. And that's the kind of power that God holds. And even the demons know him, and they shudder. So I want you guys to think about, think about that concept there. Even though Satan and the demonic realm is a horrible, terrible thing, unless God gives them power to do certain things, they really have no power at all. And in the end, when God eventually wins, their power is totally done. And so all these people that you know worship Satan or think it's cool to be like demons and things like that, and they have all oh, these are awesome powers, unless God allows them to do that, they have no power at all. So God is over that, and that shows you how much more powerful, just how much more mighty and ultimately holy that God is. Now, the king of the pit is also interesting. It doesn't, it doesn't tell us who the king of the pit is. It's, again, a fallen angel, whether some people believe it's Satan, some people believe it's other things, um, other, other angels. Both of these, though, are somehow a fallen angel. Kind of makes sense of the star being Satan, though. Um, and now, let's just kind of sum, sum, sum this up here. In the last verse in chapter 9, it says, or two, last two verses. And they added the king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek he has the name Apollyon. One woe is past, behold, still two more woes are coming after these things. What's important to note here is it doesn't say in those last two verses here, as it sums up um, trumpet judgment number five, the people came to repentance. Like, man, after these five months, people are like, oh, my goodness, we have got to give our lives to God because ultimately, like, nothing else is going to work and we are terrible, terrible sinners. They, they still, it looks like at least most people, some of you did, but it looks like most people are still not following God until all of this happens. And that's just how hard their hearts really are. And so I want you guys to think about people in your life today, you know, that don't know God, that don't have a relationship with God. If we know all these things are coming, if they, can, if they give their lives to God today and they turn their repentance to Jesus, they can avoid all of this. You know, once, when, when Jesus comes back, they'll be brought into heaven to glory with him and to paradise um, and eventually live with him for all eternity with no pain, no death, no suffering, joy forever. But if your friends, your family, people that don't know God are still lost today and have a hardened heart against him, that should really motivate us to do everything we can to show them who the truth is. To show them how Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the King of Kings. 
And Jesus is coming back. Because if you're living during this time here, and your heart is already this hard against God, you may still not give your life to Him, even after all this clearly points to Him, because your heart is so hardened against Him at this point. And, and that's a really sad place to be. That's a really, really sad place to be. Because God's going to give one more judgment, and then another woe, and then after that, it's over. You know, if you haven't given your life to Jesus after that, it's over. There's not a, another chance. There's not another judgment thing to come. It's over. And so, life is short. This, this, all of this period can last several months or years. It still has an end date. And these people, there's a time limit on this. So although God is urging people to repent, and that's his ultimate desire, because God is also the judge, if they don't get to repentance, then eventually they live separated from him for all eternity. And they have the ultimate torment for all time's sake. And I don't think any of us want our friends and family to endure that. So this is, this is again, uh, trumpet judgment number five. We will get to number six and seven here and kind of escalate here in Revelation. Um, let me go ahead and pause the video. We'll get to